I heard others talking about buyer leads. I heard others talking about um, Facebook. I, mean, I, I heard it all. What lead sources? Because even now today, you know, I've been in this game for quite a while and I'm still always looking for that magic lead. Well, the reality is it's not a magic lead. It's it's you. It's your work ethics. And what do you believe in? If you believe in a lead, that lead will work because you're going to work the lead. But if you don't believe in a lead, then don't buy it because you're wasting your time. So thanks for joining us this week on the Elite Sales Podcast. I'm happy to be joined in the studio this week. Yoel Ainalem, front of the camera this time. What's up? Regular co-host, John Backron with FL Elite Syndicate. How's it going? Uh, so he's got back from Miami. It's been an eventful week and a half. Uh, first week of February, you know, we've had a lot going on. Obviously, it's, we didn't we weren't on last week, you know, podcast last week, because we were in Miami on location for the National Convention, which was a great event. Um, before we dive into that, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing from a lot of uh, people that you know want to share their experiences from that event because it's such an it's a very impactful event for an impactful in very different ways for different people. Like the thing is, you're going to get out of it what you're willing to invest your emotional energy into, what you're willing to focus on. So if you go there, Miami is a great place. Miami is a fun place, tropical location, beautiful women, tons of stuff to do. You know, places to drink everywhere, everywhere around the place. Uh, so the thing is, you know, whatever you choose to do, I mean, if if you're if you're there to just party, we'll find a party. Yeah. You know, but if you're looking there for a work, a business event and try to try to make sure you fit that in to make sure you get the most out of it for your business, not for anybody else's, you know, then you'll find real value. Yeah. I was uh, <laughs> I was making a joke about some people that, that went. I was like, did they come here for convention or did they come here to Miami? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So you got to make the the best of things. Uh, it's a great location, but I'm glad it's going to switch to uh, something else because I think it has a lot of distractions. Well, every two years they they tend to switch up the uh, location. We had a we had it in Dallas, we had it in Atlanta, we had it in mm. Vegas, we had it in Phoenix that one year. Because Arizona, of, yeah, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I, I sorry, I, I just feel like Eric, Eric quoting it every time now. Yeah, but um, actually, I, I actually read this quote from Adam Grant, who's a he's got a podcast. He's an author. He's a, I guess he's a workplace sociologist and one of, one of my favorites, but then, you know, I saw this quote, he put choosing not to attend an unpaid work event doesn't reveal the absence of loyalty. It reflects the presence of other priorities. If team building dinners, parties are part of the job, they should be compensated. Otherwise attendance should be an option, not an obligation. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's taking it very much from a employer employee type of right. you know, perspective, but the thing is, you know, for all of us, we're independent contractors. You are your own business owner, whether you choose to accept it or not. And when you choose to accept it or not, the thing is, tax season rolls around. You realize, oh yeah, I'm my own business owner. Mm-hmm. When those paychecks don't come up, come out because you didn't you didn't work, you don't get those deposits because you didn't put in work. Oh yeah, I'm a business owner. Yeah. So you know, you can choose to look at it however you want. But the thing is, this quote is actually it, it came it came to my mind because can you read it one more time? Choosing not to attend an unpaid work event doesn't reveal the absence of loyalty. It reflects the presence of other priorities. If team building, dinners, parties are part of the job, they should be compensated. Otherwise, attendance attendance should be an option, not an obligation. So, I mean, it it spoke to me because I'm like, first of all, it's not an obligation to go to this event because there were people that didn't go. Mm -hmm. There are people that actually attended and went to Miami, but didn't show up to all the events. Right. Okay. Which, once again, is your choice. 
So it's not an it's not an obligation, but you know, the obligation is not to the company. The obligation is not to your upline. The obligation is not to everyone else on your team. The obligation should really be to you. Because the thing is, if you're a building a team and you know you're not there for your people, then I don't know. It's like who is going to be there for your team? Mm-hmm. Like what do you like? What do you what do you truly expect? As far as the team building dinners, parties, we had a great time at Top Golf. You know, yeah. that was that was a fun time, you know. But as far as being compensated, that's if they're choosing to if you're if you're choosing to if they're making you attend and making a compulsory thing to attend you know i don't, I don't know if everyone attended some people weren't able to join us because flight delays and whatnot but look i mean these events are all for everyone to participate and share in and you know it, it, i don't look at it like hey this person is show up so they're not loyal you know, <laughs> I, I don't look at it that way either but you know for for me i mean i always i always kind of look at it like how much does this person really care about growing or are they here for for partying are they here for, you know, somehow to enrich their own mind, to try, try to take some skills away, try to take some new perspective, hear from all, some of the great keynote speakers that, that we've had. Jocko was great. Mm-hmm. Damon John, I, I, I like him a lot, you know, as far as the, uh, I guess he puts out so much content, it was difficult for me to, to be like, oh, I got something new out of that. It was entertaining. But he, he, put, he brought a good energy. So, I mean, yeah. like, hey, I'm not, I'm not criticizing the guy by any stretch, but, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, all, all the way that we want to choose to look at this event, I mean, it really is interesting in, in how people are going to perceive it. So um, that's that's why we really want to have people come on and share, because I'm sure we're going to get so many different perspectives. People take people at whatever diff, what different uh, position you are in your current career here with FFL or just in sales in general or insurance, you're going to take something different from it. So even if we had the same event next week. <laughs> And you attended the same number of days, same number of events. You probably would take it a little bit differently because it's like re- rereading a book, mm-hmm. get something new out of it. Okay. Just to, just before I before I open the floor up to you guys here, I mean, I actually had a pretty funny story. So you know, I uh, after Hall of Fame dinner, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I'm a, a couple guys like that. They got they said clubs going on. You know, they got a table, <laughs> got some bottle service, and I'm like, all right, sounds kind of interesting, but I'm like. I got to be functional for the following day. So, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to call in early night, take a shower and then just hop, hop, get my butt into bed. Right. So I go, I go and take a shower. I it's after dinner. I get take, take my shower. I get out. I look, I look around. I'm like, Ugh. and we, we stayed in South beach at a hotel. And then, and then the, uh, the cleaning lady, she took my, she took my bath mat and she took my towel. And I'm like, kidding me. Right, so I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to try to try to drip off as much as I can. And I'm going to run across and go grab my towel because I don't want to slip on this floor. And just as I was thinking, I hope I don't slip. I slip. So my, my right foot goes up yeah. and then I, I do almost like a, like a lunge. And then my left knee hits the ground, square out, square out to the ground. Right. So my, my patella immediately swelled up and had like a golf ball size welt. And then like, I'm, I'm like full on like Peter Griffin meme, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was like, I was like in pain. And, I'll, and I think John was in the other room because we, we got a, a two bedroom suite. And then I was like, I was like screaming. I was like, oh, I heard something fall, but I'm like, eh, we'll go to sleep. John was like, mm. yeah, he probably just died. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> so, so I couldn't even go walk down the hall, go grab, grab ice. So I, was, I, was, I wanted to ice it. So I grabbed a couple of cans of beer and I just like stuck it on top. And then and I was just hoping it would go away like, 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 like a guy does. Right. <laughs> And then so the next morning I woke up, like I, I could hardly move aside. I had to like text John from the other room. I'm like, hey, can you go grab me some ice? And then he and he goes and grabs, and John is like the best worst person to get injured around. 
because you know obviously you know he's he's got his health science background so he starts kind of breaking down oh we can we can go with this type of treatment we can do this we can do that he breaks it down very scientifically and you know when push comes to shove obviously he's gonna help me he went and grabbed ice for me and you know he found he found me a compression sleeve and all that but then in the meantime, while I'm like, they're slowly dying. <laughs> I have John like just taking photos and taking videos, and just mocking me. And I'm just like, can a man just die in peace? Can a man just die in peace? I just that, but but the funniest part is that was his birthday. Yeah, it was my, so it was my birthday. On top of that, and I'm like, which I mean, I wasn't sad about that because I wasn't really planning on going on partying for my birthday anyway. But I was just like, of all days for this to happen. So you know, I rallied, got dressed. Went to went to convention. The final that was the final day of convention. I was limping around. I couldn't bend my knee at all. And I was just, I was just I was just uh, trying to get through as much as I can because I, I just wanted to be present for it. Eventually, halt the uh, awards night was the final night on Saturday night. I couldn't even do it because I just couldn't walk down those stairs. So you know it was just it was just one of those moments. And I'm like, oh, this is this is it seemed terrible at the moment because of the, the physical pain. But then, you know, a lot, I, I texted Andrew. I'm like, hey, I really appreciate you know everything you've done for me this year to get me to this point. Andrew Taylor, shout out to Andrew Taylor. And then he was like, oh, no, that's terrible. Is there anything I can do? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he said, that really sucks. And I'm like, you know, actually, it doesn't suck because like, it could be way worse. Like, I, I'm here in Miami. Like, I'm not dead. Right. <laughs> like, I'll, re- I'll recover from this. It, it sucks that I couldn't be there for the rest of the team, for the, for the rest of the event. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, it, may, it makes us always go back and think, what if we weren't prepared if something more serious happened? You know, this is the crux of what we do. So, I mean, fortunately, we, we were able to have a good laugh, John, more than me. Mm-hmm. You know, but I got pictures. <laughs> he's not sure. He's not sharing those videos. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those things. Like we we got to really prepare ourselves. You know, for <clears throat> these events, you got to prepare prepare yourselves. Got to make sure you have people that you can count on. You got to make sure that you set yourself up right because you know I I, I came back thinking. Oh, I'm fired up. I'm ready, ready to go to work. I'm ready to get back on live dials. But I, every time I try to sit down, mm-hmm. like fluid would start building up my knee and start accumulating so quickly and would just get swollen like a, like a grapefruit. So I just had to sit, had to lay back down, try to elevate it, try to massage it down, try to, try to keep everything from, from, from bu- building up so much swelling to that point. And then, so, you know, I, I haven't been able to get back on yet, but I'm looking forward to, to that. Eventually it's slowly getting better. It's just taking some time, but you know, even in that meantime, I'm very fortunate that I've built a great team around me that people can have my back. People can take care of things when I'm not around, still able to generate some passive income during that time. My renewal has been coming in. So it's, it's been great. So yeah, just a cautionary tale. Just maybe that is a funny tale for you, for you guys to <laughs> enjoy my pain. Right. Just to add to that, man. Cause like you, if you guys are doing final expense, right. You're, you're seeing a lot of these same clients. Like I'm pretty sure you've heard of stories where, yeah, I broke my back. I hurt myself and I'm out of a job. Uh, I saw one roofer. He was the contractor and he fell off the roof because he stepped on something and landed on his neck and he's disabled. And now he's on government assistance. Like these are the things that we kind of don't look and gloss over, but these are the benefits that we have with our business. <laughs> as long as your mouth is still working, you got a computer, you can still generate income in our business with or without a leg. So it's a, it's a fortunate thing in our business. Yeah. Going back to the whole business owner thing we were talking about earlier, like as a business owner, if I worked, if I worked like doing, putting a sheet metal on roofs yeah. and doing roofing, I wouldn't have a choice. I would have to go yeah. either that or I get fired. Right. Right. Like here, I mean, like I had to ask my boss, which is myself, if I could take that time off. And even though I didn't want to do it, I just had to do it. 
So, you know, that's, that's, that's really what you guys want to build towards whatever you guys are, however, however big you're looking to scale your business or however, you know, whatever flexibility that you want. Flexibility is always going to be there because you can always just choose not to work. But if you choose, if you, you don't have the choice to not work and bills are still coming in, still got to take care, take care of things financially. Are you prepared? Yeah. So just wanted to share, share a little bit of that with you guys. Um, let's, let's start off with, uh, with Darren, since he hopped on way early, prepared himself, got his, got his rock star background all set up. So Darren, why don't you share with us a little bit about your thoughts on convention, what you took away from it, how your guys, how your guys enjoyed it, all that stuff. Hey, love it. Um, it's hard to hear that about you, Albert, and it's kind of getting a laugh out of it. So yeah. I'll just, did you have clothes on when you was taking the pictures or were you, uh, you know, just, just, you know, I was fully clothed. I don't, I don't oh, do that around okay. other, other, other just, people. Just making sure. <laughs> All right. Didn't know what John was doing. So that's hey, a good question uh, though. Yeah. You know, we all wanted to know that I'm the only one to ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> one of these ladies aren't about to ask it, but you know, I know they're thinking it. So, um, <laughs> Hey, um, you know, I had a great time at, at convention. I'll get to take quite a few of my Rockstar team with me and uh, uh, shout out to those guys that, that went. Um, we, we rented a nice house and hung out every night at the swimming pool and talked about the day and what, what's going on. And it, it was a, you know, I think some of your best trainings is, is outside of convention yeah. when you actually get to go and just talk about what you learned and what you picked up on. And uh I, I think that's probably some of our best training is just being uh, together, going to Top Golf and, and hanging out with you guys and Jack and and all everybody. I think that's that's just the camaraderie of uh, getting together uh, is what I think is really powerful about convention. Um, you know, we get there with all with one mindset. We're going to get there and get better. We're going to learn something, um, but to uh, feel the energy off one another is, is pretty powerful. I, I had the opportunity to ask a bunch of my agents that went to give me some feedback, and hopefully we get a few of them on here, and we'll have them uh, get on. If, if they're not, I'll, I'll get some stuff that they said. But I want to talk about one of the ones that I used this week. I actually used it today. Um, and I can't remember which one. Albert, you probably remind me. Um, it might have been John Wetmore, but I'm not real positive. But he said, um, he said whenever I uh, – how many of you guys struggle? He asked the question, how many of you struggle getting a social security number off of a, uh, from a phone, uh, you know, uh, a, a phone call? Telecell. Yeah, and to, from telecell. And uh, he said, what I said, he said, remember this, write it down. He said, whenever I tell him my NPN number, I always tell him this is going to be my, well, I'm about to give you is my insurance social security number. He said, I don't share that with just anybody, just my special clients. Uh, that I know I can trust. And uh, so you get, get a pen out. I want you to write this down. And he gives them his MPN number. And uh, once again, he said, once again, that's my that's my insurance social security number. And uh, I want you to remember that, okay? Um, if you ever need something, that's that's how uh, you get, you know, that's how we can, uh, you can report anything about me. And uh, I use that today because I thought that's pretty powerful because we're letting them know that we trust you with the most important number that's associated with us. So whenever I do ask you for a social security number, we've already broke the ice. And I thought, I'm going to try that today. And and believe me, it worked. And this is actually on a lady that um, 
that uh, Derek and I had been working a case together and, and uh, he wasn't able to get closure on it because she wouldn't give him information. So I thought, well, I'm going to see what will happen. I used it and boom, I made the sell today. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's those little things that makes a difference. Um, you know, just, just the way we word things. So I learned that from him. And what did you guys think? Uh, what about that, Albert? Well, I think, I think that was a great point because, because everything in sales, I mean, you, you might think, um, you might think like, Hey, I, I just gotta be really smooth. I need to have really good, good, uh, closing reality. It's a give and take. It's, it's, a, it's an interaction you're having with the clients a give and take the, the, the things when we physically used to go into the house, if a client offers you water, you drink the water, Yeah, right? You take it because yeah. you're, you're, you're accepting something from them. They're going to accept something from you. It's right? a, it's a transaction of trust. Right. It is. And see, sometimes you got to establish that, that trust at the beginning. And, um, so yeah, matter of fact, I used to, I don't do this anymore, but when I struggled getting them to give me their um, bank information, I had an old debit card in my wallet and uh, they didn't know it was old, right? They canceled it. It wasn't any good, but I would take that old, old debit card out and I was, I'm about to send you my information and then you can send me your information. And I'd take a picture of the old debit card and, and I said, look, that's my bank information and you have mine. Now I need yours. And, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> So they look at the expression. I'm full of, full of this stuff, man, but it, it worked, believe it or not. And uh, so um, it never, never hurts. Right. So yeah, write this stuff down. Good stuff. Um, so I don't know. We had a lot of stuff. Uh, Dave Anderson. So my guys are posting all this stuff to me and I bet 90% of it came from Dave Anderson. That guy is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen him about three times now. Dalbert probably seen him more than that. Um, full of stuff. So uh, I told him, I told my guys after they're sending me this, I said, I love Dave Anderson. He reminds me of a uh, drunk McDonald's employee. And like, what do you mean? I said, He's dropping nuggets all over the place. <laughs> so he was, man, he was dropping nuggets all over the place. Every time he's incredible. So um, it appears, it appears if you're on, I want you to hop on. If not, I'm going to talk for you. You see what Pierce is on he was he was going to be in a place where he didn't think he had service, so I told him I would have shared. Hey, Derek, can you go ahead and talk for me? I've got a phone call right now. Got you, brother. Okay. Thank you. This is for Pierce. Um, a bunch of nuggets, and I knew as soon as this uh, he was talking about this. A lot of this from Dave, but he said, "Be where your feet are." I'm not real sure what he meant about that one, but but be there, I guess. Um, here's one that I thought of. Uh, oh. Um, Yo, well, I heard him talking before. Nothing is neutral, right? Talking about hot or cold can't be neutral, right? So uh, nothing's neutral. You gotta, you gotta, you're always going somewhere. Narrow your circle. Um, check your baggage, and wind less and work more. I, I really like that one. Wind less and work more. And uh, I remember, I can't remember who it was said that. Might have been Dave. I think it was. Yeah. But um, yep. Yeah. Um, let's see a good one here that. Here's one. I love this one. I've heard him say this before, but love people more and money less. And you'll be loved by more, more people and you'll make more money. So, uh, you know, people that say that you can't always be, it can't always be about you. Put the people first and the money will chase you. And so I'm going to give you an example of that today. Um, so uh, last night I, I get a lead in yesterday 
And I, I call these leads in pretty quick as soon as I get them because, um, I mean, they're MP leads and they're not cheap, right? So uh, we know we know what they run. So I try to get hold of them. Well, this one guy, I call him, and my question, he's old country boy from about a town about 30 minutes from my house. So I'm thinking, man, that's perfect. And uh, the old country boy named Gary Baker. And I said, hey, Gary, um, you know, let me ask you. I'm with the mortgage protection company. I'm right here in Seminole, so I'm right down the road from you. He said, oh, really? I said, yeah, right down the road. I said, uh, "Have you? Uh, how many of these cards just by chance did you fill out? He said, brother, I filled out about five of them. I'm thinking, oh, crap. And uh, so uh, I said, all right, well, we're going to talk about that. He, I said, uh, have you talked? He said, I've already talked to four of them. He said, to be honest with you, I was going to go with the guy who's closest to me. <laughs> he said, you're the man. I said, uh, I was laughing, but, we, you know, I just try to talk in his lingo, and I can talk country if I need to. So uh, <laughs> he, I said, Where, tell me about those guys. He said, well, the first guy was from Iowa. He said, the next guy's from Oregon. He said, then I had a guy from Texas. I was going to go to the guy from Texas until you called. And uh, he, he, we started talking about people we know, you know, and together and, and about just country living and propane and you may name it. We were talking it. And you got to, you got to talk their lingo brother. And that's what we were talking. We got to talk about propane. And um, so anyway, it's a great story, but we're talking about insurance and he was telling me, yeah, they tried to sell me this return of premium. And he said, man, and he's talking about the, the prices of it. I said, well, you know what? They don't have to look you in the eye. If they're from Iowa, they're going to talk to you. I said, I'm going to look you nice. Matter of fact, Gary, I'm going to come out to your house and you're going to see me and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what's best for you. I said, what did you like about the return of premium? And then, you know, he's other than the price. I liked it. I said, well, I've got something called an IUL that I'm going to show you because it, it's just a, it's another way of doing a return of premium. We can, we can stop that payment, but still have some money in the bank and we're going to overfund it. Let me talk to you about that. And then I kind of started talking about it and uh, talk about, you know, believe it or not, uh, we're in a recession and people have been losing money in the market. He started laughing. He said, Darren, I'm going to tell you something. He's, I said, what's that? He said, I lost $180,000 last year in the market. He said, I'm sick of it. And I said, Gary, we're going to talk. He said, come on, I need to. So at 6.30 tonight, I'm going to cover some a couple big IULs with him and his wife. He asked me if I can show him the illustrations tonight. So I said, I'm going to go over the illustrations tonight with you. And then Saturday, uh, we're going to come out there and get them wrote up. He said, man, I appreciate it. And uh, he said, that's why I like to do business with someone close that, that don't mind coming out and seeing me and, and sharing with me. Um, but, you know, if if I didn't make that call and I didn't have that connection and, and the big thing was just listening and caring about him, right? Knowing that that I want what's best for him. Sometimes as insurance agents, you know, we, we get the commission thing going and we're thinking, what can I sell him and how much can I sell him? But really, I started listening to what he was telling me and I realized what he really needs at his age is, is a good, well-funded IUL. Um, and uh, so that we can overfund it and it's not going to run out. And and uh, we kind of got over that and went over the plan together. Um, and uh, so that's kind of what I got out of that. So that kind of fit in with what he was saying. I don't want to take everyone's time. Uh, you, what, yeah, Albert, you're welcome to go on to some other ones. But uh, if I have something else, I'll chime in. All right. Well, appreciate you sharing, man. And all that stuff, is, it's really good. I mean, it was like little quotes, little, little uh, 
little lines that some that that a, a certain trainer went up there and they shared about what they were doing personally. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to pick up on. You're like, you shouldn't go to these events expecting, hey, I'm lazy and I don't want to work and I don't want to invest any money. And all of a sudden I'm going to show up to this event. I'm going to be a, a brand new person. I'm going to become Tony Robbins. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen that way. Like you just need to incrementally improve your skill set, change, shift your mind, and then just start applying. And yeah. if you if you learn all this stuff and you come back, you don't apply anything differently, it doesn't help you anyway. That, that intellectual stuff itself means nothing if you don't know how to apply it. I think like one of the bigger benefits of it also is like it really reinvigorates you into your business. I think like when you see people that are successful, that are younger than you or like started even later than you, like a, a lot of the times you see that and you're like inspired by it and you're like, dang, like if they can do it, I can do it. It's good for like new agents. But even if like, you know, you've done it before, you've been to the event before, it always re-energizes you, reinvigors you to like, you know, do more and and kind of get more out of it. Right. Well, I mean, speaking of that point, I mean, that that's my favorite part of every, every one of these events. I get to meet agents that are new or meet agents that I've met for, in person for the first time. Like I met a lot of Darren's agents with, you know, I, there's a bunch of guys that I've talked to and I've never actually physically met mm. because we're geogra- geographically scattered across the country, but to actually meet them, meet them in person and get a, get a, get a chance to press the flesh and shake hands and look them in the eye and just talk and just, have a few, make a few jokes, you know, yeah. get to know them as people, make, get to know them as individuals, as humans. I mean, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's how it reinvigorates you. That's how it re-energizes you. Cause like every time I, I go, not that I ever have lost focus to that extent, but I'm like, okay, cool. These are brand new agents. Mm-hmm. They want to make it here. They want to, they want to learn. They want to grow. This is my responsibility. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the Dave Anderson's take care of people and the money will come. Right. Because now instead of you just focus on yourself, making money. But if you take care of these hungry new agents coming in that are looking to make money, if we put in the effort and the value to them and, and build them up, it's going to come. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you get paid well for helping people get paid well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Which is, is awesome. By doing your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With anything. Yeah. And if you don't help people, you don't help yourself. Yeah. Right. I think it's a very fair system. Yeah. With anything, with any, every job that I've had, every like, like with helping clients with whatever it may be, whenever I start to think about that particular client or those particular people and be like, dang, well, this client is only wants this amount of money or only has this package, but this client only has this package. So like, let me help the bigger package client. It's like, once you start to like get super logical to where like every human you're working with is like a cost to, to, to benefit ratio, you go into like a really dark place Yeah, and like, say you fumble one and then you, you know, it's it just, you get into, a, so if you just help people and focus on that, then the money will come for sure. Yeah. yeah. So great stuff, Darren. Th- appreciate you sharing. Uh, Julian, are you on here? Yes, sir. All right. Cool. So appreciate you hopping on and sharing a little bit, you know, got to meet you in person for the first time. You know, we got a chance to speak before, but meeting in person is always different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a couple of different things that I took away. I mean, number one, for sure, you know, piggybacking off of, um, it was Darren, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Got you. It didn't match the name. So I was unsure. I'm like, am I reading this right? Okay. But, uh, um, but yeah, like the, the conversations that happened outside of convention, 
to me were more valuable. I know that convention is what really was the pull, you know, obviously it brought everyone to that, to uh, Miami, but the networking, the meetings, the dinners, the um, number one, meeting the leaders, right? The people that you're working under or working with, of course, like it's good to be appreciated and meet these people and don't, and you don't feel like you're on an island. You know, I mean, I've been in insurance for three years, but there's only my third month with FFL, right? So it was good to, um, to meet the people that I work with and working alongside. So that was really cool. Um, also the networking, right? I mean, learning different strategies on not only how to sell, but I'm an agency builder. Like that's just, you know, who I am as a person and learning different strategies on how I'm going to build my agency. Um, it was really good for my agents because for me being with FFL for only three months, I brought five people with me. So I had, you know, five of my team out there, um, you know, learning and absorbing and they're very excited as well. They're probably more excited than I am, to be honest. And I'm very excited, but you know, they're, <laughs> they, they saw it for what it really is too. Um, uh, another big takeaway for me was learning about FFL in its entirety. You know, you can hear about it here from upline or from a friend or, you know, you get your bits and pieces, but being there in, in the actual convention, the gravity of like where it's going, where it comes from, the 10 year, where the goals are, everyone with the same testimonies, that was powerful to me. That really was like, oh, wow, not only am I getting in kind of early on something, and I, I believe it's early you know, for a 10 year. And also um, the testimonies were similar to mine where people come from, you know, practice companies, if you will, and you know, uh, you know meeting you guys and, and having that, that same story um, that was really cool because FFL was built on that, you know, and now I'm part of that story as well. So that was really, really cool. Um, but again, I would have to say the biggest takeaways were what happened outside of convention or outside of the building. It was the va valuable conversations on how to sell people certain ways, different products that work for them, different sales strategies. And to me was how to build the agency the best way, the quickest way, most effective way, because that's what I'm here to do. I mean, you know, I'll say it on here and there will be a hundred people on my line by the end of the year. Hey, I, I like that. Love it. And well, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say like, it, it's funny, me, me and Joanne, we were filming, we're filming kind of like a series to help people like get contracted and, you know, get people onboarded a little bit better. And like, <laughs> we were shooting and I was like asking her really dumb questions, like really simple, dumb questions for uh, just so we can film it and her answers just because a lot of the times like she was like, she was, she kind of looked at me funny being like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, no, like, I don't know what the, like, I was trying to put her in a scenario of someone that's brand new that doesn't know anything. I think a lot of the times we forget how new people are and how little they do know if we've been in this business for a while. So that's a really good point because I had to get her to that place to be like, yeah, this is this. And this is why we do things. And she didn't realize like, dang, like there's all these little pieces mm -hmm. and, you know, we got to kind of bring it all together for people, especially if they're new, because they don't know anything. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good analogy. I mean, the, the thing is for something as simple as contracting it, and yes, it is simple. It probably doesn't feel like to feel like it for some of the new agents because the, there's no process of, of the actual part of contracting that's actually that complicated. What's complicated is that construct you build around it. So then you're you're trying to like put together that frame of like, why am I doing this? Like, what do they need from this? And sometimes people don't 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 have the uh, they're not able to construct why why are we doing it for this reason? Yeah. So they're like, if it was like, hey, we need your voided check. Everyone knows how to get a voided check. 
mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but the thing is that people, people overcomplicate things. They start thinking about like, Oh, what, what if I answered this wrong? Will, will this, will everything get kicked back and all this other stuff? So that's the same thing for attending an event like convention. When you go to convention, you, you know, Hey, FL, they do this X, Y, and Z. I can do this here, but there's a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, you start, you start peeling, peeling everything back. Cause you start looking at, Oh, these people have this perspective. People at this level, people have been been around for this long. This is what they feel. This is what they're saying. This is what they're sharing. All this other stuff starts to kind of piece together, and then you have a, you have a much better understanding because you see the breakdown of the blueprint. Yeah, you see the bigger picture. Yeah, we had a, had a great dinner with Julian too. On uh, what's it? I asked you like a hundred questions. I wouldn't stop asking you questions. It was funny, <laughs> but the funniest part in that conversation, we were sharing war stories, right, about like the old previous company. Oh yeah. And he was talking about how how bad he had it. And I'm all like, Nah, bro. <laughs> Check out how bad we had it working on these kits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like coming out the hood. You're like trying to measure up like how bad you had. <laughs> we talked about our war stories and our trauma, man. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you know, for the, for the five people that you brought to the event, do you think they'll? Do you, I mean, do you think that'll help their career here rather than let's say if you had five agents that didn't attend? Oh, of course. I mean, I I had one come back and the literally after the weekend had six names ready for me to interview, and I was like, oh wow, it's like that. Okay, cool. It's like a you know really got a fire going under some of these guys. I mean, I've been in insurance and for a while, so I kind of understand how this works. But for them, it was. Some of them, it was pretty new, you know? So um, yeah, definitely, definitely helped them. Um, and it helped. This was a, something that was brought to my attention from my guys. They really appreciated that my leaders were there for me and they got to see that because they look up to me and for as my leaders to be as accessible or like for me and John, I'm literally asking questions or Marlon, like I'm like bombarding with questions. That's, that's me absorbing this business. But for them to see that, that was powerful for them. They're like, oh, he's not just working for or working under these guys that don't care, right? These guys are really going to pour into him and he's going to pour into us in return. And that was a priceless. Like, I mean, that was brought to my attention from my guys. And they were like, well, seeing that was a lot for them. That that did a lot. That's really cool. That's dope. great to hear. Yeah. Now, another thing that speaking of leadership and building a team, we, we talked about this a little bit. What do you think about the whole integrity opportunity? I think it's great. I think it's dope. Uh, I honestly didn't know. So, you know, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of Pat, uh, that David, right. And I didn't know that was the, I don't, I didn't know that was who bought his, you know, his company. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just was like, Oh wow. He closed out. Like, that's great. You know, I love his interviews. Like I love his podcast. Right. I like him. He's cool. You know, he's definitely one of the OGs of the game. And, um, when I found out, I was like, Oh, I'm in this building with FFL and integrity. Like it really was like peeling all the layers back to be like, Oh, this is it right here. Like I, I know where I'm supposed to be. It was dope. And it's that funny. You brought must up- have been crazy. That, check- <laughs> yeah, that was oh my huge. Gosh, dude. Uh, another cool thing about you bringing up integrity was I have friends that are at FFL at other agencies and they've been telling me that this was the place. And I was so focused on my other path that I didn't realize this was the place. And when we met at convention, they were like, you know, when I came here, when, and I thought of you, I, I thought of, oh, this guy is definitely qualified or will be qualified one day to be integrity. And they told me that's my face. And I was like, wow, that means a lot. Cause I had no idea what I was getting into until convention. Right. Isn't that crazy though? The, the magnitude you're, you're being a, fa- a fan of P- PBD and he's <laughs> huge. And he's, he's, he's a great online social media presence. You know, he's, he's, he's a great communicator. 
I mean, so so the thing is, isn't it crazy that you are lining yourself up to have that same opportunity? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of steps yes. in between and a lot of work that, that goes into it, but you have the same opportunity. Absolutely. All right. So we, one, other, one other thing that we, that we really sh- we shared, the, that, that quote by Dave Anderson. Yes. What did you, you take away from that? Can you share it uh-huh. and what you take away from it? Yeah, it was, uh, every time you do a little less than you can, you become a little less than you are. Right. And it's almost, you know, very parallel to the um, why do tomorrow what you could do today. Right. And uh, if, you know, there's your capacity of who you are and what you can contribute and what type of value you bring to your network and your community, if you're not doing that, then you're less valuable. Let's talk about, I mean, uh, we all, we all watch basketball, right? But if you're not putting up your points on the, on the floor, then you become less valuable, right? So you're less than who you are if you're not doing what you can. So you have to do everything you can as long as you're playing or in this game or in this business or whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to accomplish, whether it be a personal produce, whether you're trying to get the Hall of Fame, walk stage, talk, integrity, build an agency. If you're not doing it, you're only getting less. And, you know, I not only did did that touch me, but I've been on that thesis. I've been on that ethos. Like I'm, I'm about that. I love that. That was dope. I'm left short. I mean, you know, you like, why, why would you settle for less? Why would you become less than what you actually could be? And I think sometimes like, you know, we, we get so, so caught up in the things that we don't want to do because we're uncomfortable and we're, we're like, I don't want to, I don't want to get this uncomfortable yet. And then you're wasting time. You're wasting valuable time. Like you'll never get those moments back. You're, it's just life. That's life's just going to pass you by. Now, the good news is you can change any time that you want. And you can you can flip it, but you need to come to that realization that the sooner the sooner the better for you, for all of you guys on here watching. Just the sooner that you can make that adjustment, don't settle for less. Life short, get as much as you can right now, and don't don't have any regrets later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, like I don't want to make this sound like all crystals and stuff, but like energy, the energy you give is really what you get out. Like there's never been anything that I've put my effort into, put my hard work into that hasn't came back either directly or indirectly. So if you're not getting the results, you you know, you're you're wanting is usually because you don't have enough output. It just, it is what it is, whatever that may mean for you as a business owner, you know? Yeah. My dad used to always say that too. Don't do something tomorrow that you can do today. And it really annoyed me. And then now I hear myself saying it to myself. <laughs> hey, hey, Albert, I've got one here that fits on that. This is another one from Pierce that Dave Anderson shared, but it's instant gratification is for losers. And uh, he said, it's not crowded at the top. It's crowded at the bottom to so do a lot more and uh, be more disciplined. And uh, well, I thought that's pretty good. Instant gratification is for losers. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's not crowded at the top, but it's really crowded at the bottom. So. Oh, yeah. Kind of it's definitely fit into true. that, um, kind of on that line of what we're talking about, and uh, the um, go ahead. That's that's probably it for that. I thought you had a big pause for something. <laughs> no, 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 well, that's a good I'm reading that or something else. I don't want to go into that. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Dave Anderson's great. I mean, the th- yeah. the thing is, if you guys haven't heard Dave Anderson before, I mean. I remember the first time I saw him, I'm like, who's this dude? Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and like, That's what I thought. And then John loves him. He's like, he got his notepad. And I was like, why you got wrote everything from David? I was like, why you got your notepad up for this guy? Like, we listen, this we listen to the podcast. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, got a good po- he's got, he's got some really good books, got podcasts. I actually went to his, his training Academy with yeah. Sean and wow. a bunch, bunch of the, uh, the leaders back way back a few years back. And 
it was a really great experience. And the, the best thing I like about Dave Anderson, every single time he comes up, he just always says like, Hey, just letting you guys know if, if you guys get offended by anything that I say today, that's your fault. <laughs> Stop being so soft. And like, and I, and I think, no flake. Yes, <laughs> no, yeah, and I, I think, I think that's true. I mean, like we all need to maintain perspective. I mean, he's not saying anything blatantly offensive. Like he's not, he's not singling out anybody or, you know, whatever. The thing is he's, he's, he's dropping nuggets as, yeah, as, yeah. as Darren was saying. Accountability is offensive in our, <laughs> in our day and age. People don't want to inter reflect and be like, Oh yeah, it's me messing up. It's yeah. all about our I, I wanted to say one other thing. The one thing I kind of, I took over all of it. I was taking notes. The biggest thing of all the guys that was really top producers, I really took a lot of notes on what the top producers were saying. And you guys can attest to this. It was about spending money on yourself, mm-hmm. believing in yourself, but buying leads, right? So I didn't hear any top producer get up there and say, uh, I was cheap in order to make a way to the top. Right. And, and they bought leads. And they, they weren't afraid to invest in themselves. And I think if there was one thing that I really took away, and, I, and it's not that I didn't know this, but when you, everyone says, man, I want to be like so-and-so, I want to be like Dave, or I want to be like Trey, or I want to be like Andrew, or not. Hey, they didn't get there by, by going around knocking on doors and not buying leads, right? They got there by believing in themselves, purchasing leads, and then working their leads. And working their leads is important. Um, you know, they'll, they'll just buy them. As new agents, sometimes you you – buy leads and you kind of get scared of them and you don't work them like you need to. No, you work them. These guys, the other thing I got is not only did they believe in themselves and they bought leads, they worked their tails off. How many times did we hear Albert and John, you guys, did you hear this? They said, I start early in the morning. I get my workout in. I go and I start making dials and they'll die 12 dial for 12 hours straight uh, or get on the phone 12 hours straight. Um, they work more than a, than a 40 hour week job, but I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but if you want to be on that top, then you better look at your work ethics and and you better look at what you're investing in your company investing in yourself. And are you really investing in leads? And and they talk, they drop numbers. They weren't afraid to say numbers. I'm not going to, I'm going to let Albert decide if he wants to do that, but I'm going to tell you the top producers uh, were spending money on themselves uh, by buying leads. Yeah. If, uh, if I could add to that, that's, that was basically my sum of the convention aside from the top speakers and the keynote speakers, this FFL game is not a skill based type game. It's a lead based system type game. You buy your leads, you create up a system, which creates your discipline because if you create a system, it's like clocking in. So, um, just shout out to Misha that, that, that did great this week. He's been changing his system where he buys the leads. He clocks in at this time. He comes in at the office at six. He gets out around late. I don't know, from like 10, 12 hours in and it works. He's been, he's been selling. He helped like 10 families by Monday through Thursday in four days because he has a system. Now, because you have a system, your skill will then develop. But before you have the skill, you know, the, the ability to sell and almost, you know, a high closing capacity, you got to create your system first. And, and that starts with leads. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think, um, just think about, think about the act of purchasing leads. Mm-hmm. If you don't purchase leads, it's your choice, obviously. But if, if you don't purchase leads, I mean, think about the reason behind it. Sure. There's a financial part of it. Like, oh, I don't have money. I got, I got to take care of my bills and all this, all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. Which 
look, yes, there's there's bills. We all got bills. Bills will never go away. True. But if you're if you got money and you can put into leads and you can make more money with it and then pay pay off your bills and then stay in the game and continue to build and make more money, which makes more sense. You want to be done and just pay your bills with that money and then have no more opportunity. Yeah. So that that's one thing. The second thing is a lot of times people don't want to invest in their leads. It's not necessarily because they're thinking, what if I don't get my money back? A deep part of them inside really doesn't want to commit to that work. Yeah. Like, don't lie to yourself about that. The thing is you can, you can tell yourself whatever you want be like, I don't know if it works. I don't know what it's like. They work. There's enough proof all around us that, you know, you got to talk to people in order for you to find your opportunities in order for you to make your sales. There's no other way around it. So the thing oh, is, no. you've seen enough people in this company doing it. If you were at a convention, you saw it time and time and time again. And you can, you can, you can see from just all the people around you. But the thing is, if you're not going to purchase leads, just don't create that narrative saying it's because it may not work or because I have to take care of this. If you, if it's just because you don't want to work, actually just acknowledge that, accept it. At least at the very, at the, at the very least, you're honest with yourself. Yeah. And if you're like, okay, I just, I just don't want to do the work. Okay. Then what's the next step? Go do something else <laughs> or, you know, accept your, your, your current, your current uh, financial position in life because it's not going to change. But the more you continue to lie to yourself about the fact that you're not willing to put in that work, not willing to commit to that time frame or commit to yourself, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it, it becomes a, an internal self-conflict of an everyday struggle. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, now you're fighting against something that's not even real. Yeah. So yeah. It's John and Albert. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear of all the speakers? I hope you don't mind me interjecting here, but of all the speakers, sure. what was the magic lead? There wasn't one, was there? Did you notice that no. every top producer had their own lead source? And literally some of the ones that were doing big, helping many, many families a month um, said one in three months. I heard that. I heard a couple of ladies and people get up there saying one in three months, internet leads. I heard others talking about buy for leads. I heard others talking about um, Facebook. I, mean, I, I heard it all. So I was really taking some notes on how, what lead sources, because even now today, you know, I've been in this game for quite a while and I'm still always looking for that magic lead. Well, the reality is it's not a magic lead. I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. It's not. It's, it's you. It's your work ethics. And what do you believe in? If you believe in a lead, that lead will work because you're going to work the lead. But if you don't believe in a lead, then don't buy it because you're wasting your time. Believe in what you're selling, believe in yourself, and have a good work ethic behind it, and it'll go. Yep. That's great. Yeah. And, Julie, I'm, I'm going to get back to you real quick. Now that you went to convention, what are you going to do differently as a result of going? Like what, like what's shifted in your mind? What's possible? What, like what, what's your focus before going? And then now that, you're, now that you attended, what's going to be different for you? The recruiting, it's all click. So it's like knowing, no, well, so when I first came, just know where, obviously where I come from, I, I'm a builder there, you know, like I definitely built a, a good team at, at the last company. And when I came, you know, I started in November. I wanted to really know like the company, you know, obviously I'm learning contracting and, you know, I'm learning, you know, where to direct the client and the sales process. It's, it's really less sales and more service. Right. And um, less skill power and more willpower. Right. It's, it's clear as day. Like I, I get that. 
Um, but I, I don't want, I didn't want to bring people on board, even though people followed me anyways, when they found out I came, it was, I didn't ask, I just told them where I was going and people would follow me, but I didn't want to try and like really build somewhere where I didn't really know who I was building with and what I was building under. Right. So now that I've peeled all those layers back and I've been in the den, as you could say, right. Um, now I know exactly what I'm going to project when I do my, pre-recorded overviews, scheduled funnels for recruiting, um, you know, even a, a scheduled YouTube trainings and the whole system that I have built when it comes to building the agency, because I've done that, you know, I've, I've been there where I've had to get my codes and been, you know, a master <laughs> general and I've been a top producer. I've had some wood plaques that I don't care about and I've done all that, but understanding the business um, and how I can duplicate what's duplicatable. That's number one thing, you know, cause I know I could be an outlier and I could be, you know, a, a Eagle, but not everyone is right. So it's like understanding what is duplicatable in this business, what systems work, how to get the leads, put them in your system and duplicate and grow on your, you know, at your time frame, Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the the shift for sure. Cause obviously I needed to make money. So I am going to still write and produce and overrides can pay for your leads and overrides can pay for your transfers. But at the end of the day, I'm here to change my agents' lives because I understand that that comes back around. So I I am here for that. That is my that really is what I'm about. So yeah, nice. Love to hear. It. I mean, that that's a really crystal clear perception. It feels like that you have now because you're able to piece all these things together. And yeah, it's it's also a very comforting thing because yeah, we've we've got a chance to talk via Zoom and and over the phone and stuff. But the thing is to actually meet in person. That's a totally different thing because you're like, hey, people that I work with. They get up like I do. They got they got to go to work like I do. They have families like I do. They eat like I do. They drink like I do. You know, <laughs> all, all, all stuff. I mean, like they're just people. Yeah. And you know, this is it's like it's it's a it's a really cool experience. So for those that have not attended, you know, in the following years, please make sure you guys do come because I think you're not only do you get something big out of it, you're contributing something big to it also. Yeah. And it, it creates sure. excitement from you. It creates excitement from your agents and like for Julian, man, you. You might you might as well start thinking about your your agency name sooner or later. I already have before convention. There you go. <laughs> Don't throw it, bro. Just in case other people. Oh yeah, someone might take it. Snag it. Okay. <laughs> I know, I'm not gonna say it. No, I was playing, but uh, <laughs> like you're right. It, it's it's going there, and I was like, I posted so. I some my my team, whatever my future yeah, agency, yeah. we use Discord, right? And that's how okay. we always have these rooms open that people can hop in and hop out, and we have like threads. And I stream myself taking calls so people can hop in and watch whenever, right? And um, I, I posted after the after I got back from Miami and after I recovered, of course, because it was a very busy time. Um, <laughs> I, I posted like this long thing about why I think people should go and who should go, like you know, new agents or people that are looking to grow in the industry as or build a build build a business out of this. And um, you know, it was very similar to what I left in the you know the group me, and um, you know, I it when you said it's clear, I went there like, uh, you know, I'm feeling my way through this. And when I got back, maybe a day to process, it was crystal clear. Like, this is how it's going to be done. This is I'm, like, I'm talking about, I can have like an action plan together with forecast or even, um, you know, percentages, closing percentages on, on eight, on new agents and just that whole thing, you know, I've, it's crystal clear. This is a great place to be. And I'm, and I'm happy that I attended convention. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate you sharing. I mean, that's, re that's really good stuff. It's always exciting for us to like hear agents that come back with really positive feedback or what they learned. And even for the people that, that may say like, 
I expected this or expected that. I mean, that's always good feedback anyway, because data, data is data. Like this is, this is how we mm-hmm. figure out how to improve, figure out how we can continue to add to what we're doing. So appreciate you, Julian. No problem. That last one is numbers don't lie. So I, it was nice hearing the numbers. Numbers don't lie. That's right. And unfortunately, we can't talk too much about it on yeah. this as far as numbers. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, when you go there, it's all everything's transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, thank you, Julian. Appreciate you, you hopping course. on. Before we before I, I wrap this up, is there anyone else I wanted to uh, share real quick? No. Going once, going twice. All right. So I'll wrap. I'll wrap up with this. So I actually, um, because because my knee was messed up, I had, I had to like try to take my distract myself on the plane because I was trying to just get through that flight, <laughs> like a six hour flight. Come on, man! You, you booked mint. <laughs> yeah, so fortunately, I, I sat in first class. So I was able to extend my leg. <laughs> but during that time, I was like, I was like, I need to take my mind off of this. So I, I started watching this movie called Vengeance. Right. It's actually a movie I actually kind of wanted to watch. It was it kind of flew under the radar a little bit, kind of kind of a smaller film, but really really cool film. And that was it's starring um, B.J. Novak, the guy from The Office. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Howard, that, that kid. But anyway, so he's he's a, he's an aspiring journalist, and then he uh, he's living in New York, big city kid, and then he he date he hooked up with this one girl that lived in West Texas. Right, West Texas is not Austin, is not Houston, it's not Dallas. West Texas is something different. I only know this because of this opportunity. I went out there because we had some agents out there. So you go, you go to West Texas and it's just unerable land. And it's just, it's just a very different way of living, especially compared to a big city like New York. Mm-hmm. So then he, you know, he goes out there, like the girl passes away. His, her family thinks he's a much bigger deal than what he actually is in her life. He, he flies out there for the funeral. They insist he comes out. He, he shows up for the event. And then he starts, he starts getting like inspiration. Like, how do I, how do I uh, turn this into a journalistic endeavor? And either I'm going to write something or I'm going to create a podcast, right? So then he starts going around talking to a bunch of people and then he, re- he meets his record producer played by Ashton Kutcher. And then he said some really profound things. You know, he's, he's talking about when people, people record music, it's not, no one, there's no records anymore, right? It's all digital now. So the thing is like, whatever you put out there, that's the sound of you. And that's the, the record of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he also, he, he gives him a little bit of advice and he just says, listen, I, I know you're trying to, you're trying to write a really good story. You're trying to create a really good story with, with podcasts. And this is, goes with everything that we took in at, at the, at the, at the convention experience, right? Everyone was telling a story. Everyone has a story to tell, you know, Yoel is a content creator. It's all stories. Sam's a content creator. It's all stories. John has been, has been putting out a, a bunch of reels and his social media is increasing it's all stories, right? Yeah. Every everyone that went up there and shared stories, and people that shared right now, stories. Everything that we do when we're talking to our clients, we communicate communicate with them through stories, right? So we're creating a story or, or creating their story. It's not like, hey, this client filled out a lead and you call them up and it's all about numbers. You can't call them up and be like, all right, thirty thousand dollars, hundred dollars a month. Mm. Like that wouldn't work. Like you need to set paint the picture for them. So you know, they, they he 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 has his quote. And Ashton Kutcher is telling him, hey, when you're doing the story, this is what you got to think about. Nobody actually writes anything. All we do is translate. Just listen, even to the silence. That translation, that's your voice. Which is like, if we, if we think about it, everything that we intake that from, from the world, stories, videos, pictures, you know, 
people's stories of success, of success, you know, people's nervousness on stage, people's, uh, people's uh, um, confidence on stage, all this stuff. It's going in through our ears, going in through our eyes, going through our mind. And then when we tell about it, that's our translation. And then that translation means something to somebody differently, because if you connect with that person that's listening, it has a very profound effect on how they can view the world, how they can view themselves, how they can view this opportunity, how they can view anything, any belief in themselves. So everything that we do, I mean, has an impact. And now you just got to think about if what you're translating. Is it actually quality value that you're adding to somebody else's life or you're putting out there for the world to consume? Or are you just you know, taking in a bunch of negativity, making it even more negative in your head and putting more out there and translating that, right? So you know, that's how impactful that every single one of us potentially can be. And you do have an impact, believe it or not. It could be good, it could be bad. But the thing is, we're all translators of something. We consume data, consume information, and we put it back out there for others to consume. So whatever you're putting out there, if you're not getting to the position where you want to be in terms of your work, be a better translator, listen better, figure out what it is that you need to translate to other people to get them to see things your way. So that's, that's just something that I found really profound in, in the movie. And I, I managed my pain by, by nice. distracting myself that way. But, but um, yeah, great stuff. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Darren. Appreciate you guys coming on and sharing. Yoel, John, appreciate you guys yep. coming on and, and, and uh, co-hosting with us. So everyone else, you know, let's go out there and continue to, you know, make sure that your story is, is something that's impactful for somebody else and definitely impacting yourself in a positive way. So let's go out there and translate and, and do it the right way. Let's go be elite, guys. Appreciate y'all.